This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The Dynasty Stock Report series concludes this evening with part eight as I discuss and talk about every relevant offensive skill player from every team in the AFC West. If you have missed any of the first seven parts in these mini podcasts, I go through and talk about every single relevant fantasy player in terms of stock up, stock down, who I'd be buying, selling, holding, good value in redraft or 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 best ball, but mostly honing in on their dynasty long-term and short-term value. Uh, so again, if you've missed any of them, please go back and listen to them. They're all about 20 to 25 minutes each. Uh, you know, I love doing this series because it allows me to kind of really discuss everything, every player in the NFL, big pictures. So many of these guys we follow in the draft process and then we don't talk about them too much. This is an opportunity to check back in on those second, third year players, fourth year players, and then just talk about and share my thoughts. All our listeners always hear us talking about the rookies, always hear us talking about the second year players a little bit, and then the college guys, but then they don't really ever hear our takes in terms of you know NFL and fantasy and dynasty and stuff like that. And we play it here obviously a lot. And I love sharing my thoughts on on that as well. And this, you know, series that we do every single summer, this eight part series allows me to do that. So let's get right into it. Alphabetical order as we've been doing. So let's start right at the top in the AFC West. And that is with the Denver Broncos stock up on Drew Locke. There's no way to say it. The additions that the Broncos have made this offseason, they are basically saying it's now or never. Drew Locke has to show this year that he could be the, the, the long-term franchise quarterback because he only had round two draft capital. He's not going to get as long of a leash as the other guys who usually get in the first round. So now with the new additions, you know, from this past draft class, he's got to show growth and development this year that he's the long-term answer. So I'm saying stock up. And I think he's a good dynasty buy based on uh, the value that he currently is in dynasty leagues. I love him as a third quarterback in best ball. I'm okay with him even as a, you know, a quarterback two in redraft. If you have a more stable veteran type guy as your QB one, or maybe you take somebody early, uh, you know, in the first seven or eight rounds in, in redraft, and then you kind of take Drew Locke in the last round as your QB2, and you kind of sit on him and see what kind of uh, upside he has early in the season. At the running back position, I think it's stock neutral uh, on Melvin Gordon. I think he, you know, even though it's, you know, he's got other guys there and Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, I think it's about similar to what he had with Austin Eckler in the Chargers. So I don't think his overall stock has impacted that much. You know, I think, you know, he's going to be about the same Melvin Gordon that we saw last year. And he's a guy who's probably going to be a mid to, you know, a mid RB2 is where I feel most comfortable. And then he'll fluctuate between low RB2 to, you know, low RB1. I think that's where he's going to kind of live this year, uh, you know, sharing that backfield a little bit with Philip Lindsay and maybe a little bit Royce Freeman. He would not be a guy I'd be looking to buy in Dynasty uh, unless I just need someone for this year. And if his name value and name brand still carries more weight, I'd be looking, I'd be willing to sell him if I could. If I was a win now team, definitely be looking to sell him. But I do think he's got a two year window there in Denver that he 
could still be a productive RB2. Uh, so make sure you're not giving him away. Uh, and if you need a running back, I think he's a good RB2 to have for the next couple of years as well. But I don't think much further out than that. I think stock down on Philip Lindsay is no way around it. You bring in a guy like Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay's obviously going to see a less workload. I do like the player in Philip Lindsay, so I'm not opposed to buying him and hoping down the line maybe he gets an opportunity elsewhere uh, to be a viable fantasy factor again. I think his he's never going to be as good as he was that rookie year. I think he's more of an RB3 you know, in the future, RB3 type. I think he still has some... Uh, upside as in terms of pass catching that we have not seen yet uh you know and then Royce Freeman stock down you know sell if you can get anything for him he bets that he could hope for is, is he gets an opportunity with another team I don't see him ever having fantasy viability with the Broncos again unless there's injuries in terms of the pass catchers I think you got to say a little stock down on Cortland Sutton with the additions that they made in terms of, you know, is there enough? I always am at the forefront of saying there's enough for two wide receivers to be very fancy viable, but they also have a really good athletic pass catching tight end. And then they invested another wide receiver in round two, you know, who could stretch the field and do a lot of things. So I don't know how it's not a little stock down and concern if you're a Cortland Sutton owner as good as he was last year, as much as he is outperformed what I expected I think it's, you know, I think it's something that's saying uh, we have to take a wait and see. I think he's still going to be very good. I just don't know if he's going to continue to be the upside that we saw uh, last year. If there's enough to go around, it, we would need to see Drew Locke really show that he can provide enough value for a handful of pass catchers. So that's why I wouldn't sell Cortland Sutton. I just kind of hold them, but I do think it's a little stock down. Obviously, I love Jerry Judy. He was my favorite wide receiver prospect coming out of the draft. I think he's pro-ready, one of the best route runners I've ever evaluated here at Saturday to Sunday. K.J. Hamler, really intriguing. I think right now you can't look at K.J. Hamler and and think he's going to have a lot of fantasy value, not with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy ahead of him on the depth chart. It could be years before he has big-time fantasy value. I could see him having a lot of real life value as a guy who could stretch the field, the tactical value he brings, big play here or there, but it's going to be hard for him to be a guy who offers a lot of value in the short term. You're going to probably have to wait it out, see what happens in the future with Cortland Sutton, you know, et cetera, et cetera, or see what happens and develops with this offense. But it's hard to uh, not look at him as just kind of a stash for down the line as much as I really, really am intrigued with his talent and think he's fallen way too far in dynasty draft, rookie drafts uh, with that. Deshaun Hamilton, obviously stocked down with all his other additions, no value anymore. Same thing for Tim Patrick. Uh, no offense, I got to say a little bit of stock down. As much as I still love the athletic upside and think he can be a producer, I think there was a path of him maybe developing into a top six, you know, tight end and maybe reaching that status of one of the elite fantasy tight ends. I find it really hard to think he can get there now with the additions that they made in the the receiving game, because for him to be that level, he'd almost have to be the number two option. I don't see any scenario where he's the number two option, like Travis Kelsey is, you know, or maybe he's number one, but how Travis Kelsey is in the Kansas city offense how Zach Ertz and and George Kittle are in their offenses, how Mark Andrews is in his offense. I don't know if no offense ever going to get to be a top two option in his offense, not with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy there. So best case scenario, he's the third option, which means I think he's then more in that six to, you know, eight range best case scenario. So, you know, they also drafted Albert Ukawebenam, who was 
played with Drew Locke in college. So I think, you know, that's a little bit of a concern too. So I think stock down, I think kind of a hold in dynasty. I wouldn't be looking to aggressively buy him. Wouldn't be looking to sell him because he's got so much up, untapped upside and potential uh, for sure. If we keep this moving and take this to the next team, Kansas City Chiefs, Nothing to say about Patrick Mahomes. He's my number one dynasty quarterback. Uh, I would want him on any one of my dynasty teams that I could possibly get him on. At the running back position, you know my thoughts on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he's great. I think he should be the 1.01 pick in dynasty rookie drafts. Uh, so I'm going to move right to Damian Williams, who I think right now obviously stocked down because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But at the same time, I think he presents good value in redraft and best ball leagues. And I'm not opposed if you need a running back free flex type for your dynasty leagues for this year. If you can get him on the cheap, I think he could be a good RB free flex uh, because I still think he's going to get at least 35 to 40% of the workload in that backfield, maybe even 50% in year one. And I still think that's enough to go around and make him a productive RB3 flex type. At the wide receiver position, Tyree Kill, obviously, you know, one of the best, you know, now that Patrick Mahomes is obviously locked up long term, you know, stock up on Tyree Kill. Uh, you know, nothing that you can say about that as long as he's. Everything stays okay off the field with Tyree Kill, one of the best dynasty assets long-term at the wide receiver position. Uh, Sammy Watkins, I'm going to say, you know, stock neutral. I think his value is about the same as it was, you know, last year when Tyree Kill, you know, was healthy. Maybe a little stock down because I think they're going to involve Nicole Harmon, who I'll talk about momentarily a little bit more. Uh, Long-term, I don't think he's going to be with Kansas City. He would not be a guy that I'd be wanting to get on my dynasty rosters. I don't know where he's going to be playing next year. A lot of uncertainty, and even this year, I don't think he's more than a wide receiver 4-5 or type and be pretty inconsistent as well. Marcus Robinson signed one-year deal. I don't think he has much fantasy value uh, besides an injury. Nicole Harmon, I talked about in previous episodes of the in the Dynasty Stock Report series that Calvin Ridley and Tyron McLaurin were two of my favorite buys. Mikael Hardman was is number three on that list. They're my three favorite buys in no particular order for Dynasty Leagues right now. Uh, I think 365 days from me recording this podcast, Mikael Hardman's value next offseason and the end before next season is going to be so much higher than it is right now. He's got 1,210 touchdown potential, and that could be on only 60 or 65 catches. That's how big, you know, we saw it in spurts last year in limited, limited opportunity, just how talented this player is. I think they wanted Watkins back on a pretty friendly deal to make sure they had, you know, another veteran there. But I think after this year, Nicole Hardman next year becomes their starter alongside Tyree Kill, and the sky's the limit. So I'd go aggressively buy him, second-round rookie picks, trading for him. Even late round one, I wouldn't be opposed. You know, I think he belongs in that range, but I don't think it would cost that. I think early to mid second round rookie picks, I think it's great value. If you can get him for late round two, I think that's stealing. I would trade a, 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 a good young player for him. If you have a player in another position, you can trade. I think Nicole Harmon's going to be very, very good. I think he's got legit big time upside. I would get him on my roster now. Travis Kelsey, I think he's going to age well. So I think it's stock neutral for Travis Kelsey. I still would say dynasty buy if someone's worried about his age i'd go out and get him i still think he's locked in for the next two three years i think next two three years minimum he's still locked in as a top three tight end uh and even after that he could still be a you know a clear you know in that tight end five to tight end eight range even if he's not the same elite guy i think he will age well in that offense and be a factor well into his mid-30s uh 
if we keep this moving and move this to the next team, which is the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm going to say stock down on Derek Carr. The signing and the level of contract that they gave Marcus Mariota leads me to believe that Derek Carr is going to be on a relatively short leash this year. So stock down on Derek Carr. I would try to trade him in two quarterback or super flex leagues if you can get something right now because I have my reservations of whether or not he is going to be the starter for much longer there. On the flip side, while Marcus Mariota has not showed a lot to, to lead me to believe he's going to live up to his draft pedigree. We've seen guys like Ryan Tannehill have success after they got off of their first team. John Gruden always loved Marcus Mariota. He does have that athleticism and upside to add in fantasy with the run game. So I'm intrigued by Marcus Mariota in super flex leagues or two quarterback leagues. I think he's a really interesting stash and get him on your team now when he's a clear backup quarterback because I think he might get an opportunity at some point to be the starter there for the Raiders. So he'd be an interesting guy that, you know, I think would come very cheap right now. And he might be, a, if he could, you know, resurrect his career there, who's to say he's not Ryan Tannehill a year from now, a guy who's a, a starter on a team and has a lot more value than he does right now. At the running back position, I'm going to say stock neutral on Josh Jacobs. Uh, I still am a believer that this guy could be a big impact in the past game. There was some recent news lately that said, you know, uh, you know, some injury concerns last year and shoulder concerns, I think it was, uh, impacted them using him in terms of his pass catching ability. I love this pass catching ability coming out. I think he's a guy who can catch 60, 70 passes. If he ever, starts getting utilized even 45 to 50. He's a guy who's a clear RB one with his running ability as well. So I still like, I think while his stock is neutral, I think he's got the potential to even be better than he was. So I would not, I wouldn't be opposed to going to buy him where I can in dynasty leagues as well. Cause I do think the pass catching is going to come. And if somebody else is hesitant that he's never going to be a pass catcher in the NFL, I think, I'd go out and use that opportunity to go get him right now. The rest of their running backs, Jalen Richard, uh, you know, those guys are limited role players. They also drafted Lynn Bowden, who's a, a jack of all trades guy who could be used as an offensive weapon. Intrigued by him, uh, you know, but he's a rookie, not really talking too much about the rookies right here. If you take this to the wide receivers, obviously I've, my feelings on Henry Ruggs are known. I think he's going to see a lot of targets. I think his, you know, range of outcomes is very wide, but I do think he's a guy that, you know, he's going to be somewhere in that spectrum of, you know, is he Marquis, you know, uh, Goodwin? Is he Deshaun Jackson? Is he Will Fuller? Is he somewhere in between? Is he Tyree Kill? You know, he's good. Who knows? The range of outcomes is very wide with him. I think he's going to even be better than he was in college. I think in college, if he was on a different team that didn't have four legit first round wide receiver talents, he would have put up tremendous, you know, stats in college and that some people look at that. I think he could get open. I think he could win on a variety of routes, even at his size. I think he's willing to show good play strength. I think John Gruden's going to dial up a lot of ways to utilize him. I do have my concerns that Derek Carr can't utilize his vertical skill set. But I don't think Derek Carr is going to be the long-term guy there. So I think Henry Ruggs is still very intriguing. In terms of the guys who are already in place there, because they also have Brian Edwards as a rookie, who I like a lot uh, and could develop into a starter, I think Tyrell Williams has to be stocked down. There's no way around it. They draft Henry Ruggs in round one. They draft Brian Edwards in round three. Tyrell Williams stocked down uh, if he gets off to a decent start, because I think a lot of the veterans could get off to decent starts with the rookies trying to play catch up. I would look to trade him right away. If people think, you know, he could be a wide receiver four type. I, I don't 
think long term that's him. I think he's more in the wide receiver five, six, seven range uh, and not have a lot of value. Hunter Renfro is interesting as their slot wide receiver, maybe in terms of PPR. Maybe he could be a wide receiver four or five type, like a Cole Beasley. Uh, but again, not a guy I'd be looking to buy. I think stock down because they went out and got, you know, wide receivers in round one and round three. At the tight end position, Darren Waller. I think it's impossible not to say stock down because the addition of the other skill players that I talked about at the receivers and a guy like Lynn Bowden. He might just not see the opportunity and target share. Maybe you look at that as a, a, a team is concerned and you can buy him at a decent cost. Maybe, but he'd be a guy that I'd hold if I own him. If I could sell really high that people think he's a top, four tight end, you know, for a long period of time, I'd be okay willing to sell, but it would have to cost a lot. I'd probably just hold them, but I do think stock down a little bit because of uh, the fact that they brought in some other weapons. I do think Foster Moreau and his untapped athletic ability and pass catching ability is intriguing in two tight end or tight end premium leagues with really deep rosters. Wouldn't be opposed to getting him and just kind of sitting on him uh, because I do think he's got some untapped upside uh, maybe to his overall game. If we take this to the final team in the AFC West and the final team in this, you know, dynasty stock report series here, it's the Los Angeles Chargers uh, at the quarterback position. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor is the placeholder uh, for uh, Justin Herbert. I do think that Tyrod Taylor could have some high QB2 value uh, due to his rushing ability on top of his passing ability early on this year and could potentially hold off Justin Herbert for half the season or or longer. Uh, but he's just a placeholder. I don't think he has much long-term dynasty value. Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, my feelings are known on him. I think he could be a good quarterback. I don't think very good or great – you know, I think he could be a good starting NFL quarterback, but I don't think he has huge fantasy upside because he doesn't do while well, he's athletic and has some running capabilities. I don't think it's going to be a big part of his game at the NFL level. In terms of the running backs, I think stocked up on Austin Eckler because they didn't invest anything more than a day free running back selection on Joshua Kelly. They didn't bring in a veteran. So I think stock up on Austin Eckler. Uh, he'd not be a guy that I'd be aggressively going to buy because I do have my concerns about the new offense with Tyrod Taylor. I think the number of the volume of pass attempts that he sees and pass targets is going to go down. Uh, I think Justin Jackson is stock neutral. Just kind of wait it out and see if he gets an opportunity to handle. And same thing with Joshua Kelly, the rookie. I think someone's going to get an opportunity to carry the ball 10 to 12 times a game because I don't think Austin Eckler is a guy who should be carrying, you know, getting 20 to 22 touches. I think he's best, you know, 10 to 12 carries a game and then like four to six receptions a game. And Austin Eckler should live in that 16, 17 range. So that means it's an opportunity for someone else to develop. So I think, you know, Joshua Kelly's interesting as a, Round three or round four rookie pick. Uh, Justin Jackson's an interesting guy to kind of hold on the back end of your dynasty roster to see kind of how things unfold. At the wide receiver position, I think stock down on Keenan Allen just because I think overall, again, the connection and chemistry he had with Phillip Rivers is going to be hard to match. Tyrod Taylor's never been a guy who's thrown the ball a lot, you know, so they're going to need to wait to Justin Herbert. So I do think overall a little bit stocked down on Keenan Allen. I would not sell him though, because I do think he's a very talented player. So I would just kind of hold it out. If the value comes so good, I even think he could be a buy because I think one, once Justin Herbert gets caught up to speed, Keenan Allen could go back to being, you know, a very solid mid uh, wide receiver too. And I think he's 
now being valued as more of a mid wide receiver at three. And I still like his skill set to be a mid to low wide receiver too, even with a, a, a new quarterback there. Uh, so I think his stock is down because of the, the new offense and the new quarterback and the quarterback switch. But I do think he presents good value that I'm not opposed to buying him at the value he's currently being ranked at. Uh, Mike Williams, definitely stock down. I think, you know, Phillip Rivers was willing to put the ball up and, and Mike Williams go get it and be that touchdown guy. I, I don't think that's going to be Tyrod Taylor. Is a rookie going to be that right off the bat? I'm not so sure. Uh, so I think stock down on Mike Williams, unlike Keenan Allen, I wouldn't be looking to buy him, even though even if his overall value is down, I would probably just uh, hold him and see what happens. Or if someone made a decent offer, sell him, uh, but probably just end up holding him because he is a, a player with talent and a young player still, uh, but not a guy to be actively looking to get on my roster. Uh, and last but not least at the tight end position, Hunter Henry, I think his stock is down for the same reason. All the value, all the pass catcher stock is down, you know, with Phillip Rivers, who had ke- good chemistry with all of these guys. Uh, but I do think that it could present a good buying opportunity if Hunter Henry is now being valued as like the 10 to 12th best dynasty tight end. I think his upside is greater than that once Justin Herbert, uh, you know, gets into the offense and, and, and comfortable with the offense. I think Hunter Henry could go back into, you know, that five to seven range where I think he was being valued prior uh, to this past season. So there it is, guys. My thoughts on every single relevant fantasy player uh, from the AFC West. And this also concludes the eight-part series. We do this every summer. I really thoroughly enjoy doing this to kind of show, you know, my knowledge of the entire NFL, which at times, you know, we don't really focus on that. You know, so it's something that's fun. It, it allows me to share my thoughts in terms of every offensive skill player, basically, as of relevance in terms of fantasy. Uh, you know, I watch football all day, Sundays, you know, from, you know, from once it goes on at one o'clock until whenever the Sunday night game ends, you know, I have, you know, game pass or game rewind, whatever it's called, you know, so I, I watch things on there, you know, so this gives me an opportunity to kind of, you know, share my thoughts on all these players and, and share, you know, all my ideas in terms of dynasty leagues and redraft and best ball, you know, with all our listeners here. So hopefully you enjoyed it as much as uh, I enjoy doing it every year, just to kind of set the stage. Now that we have concluded the dynasty, you know, stock report series, uh, you're going to hear now, Matt is going to bring back the uh, summer seminar series where he's going to bring on a host of great guests. If you have not listened to the summer seminar series, in the past years, it will make you a smarter football fan. It will make you more knowledgeable. It will make you look at the approach to evaluating players differently and to push the narrative to, you know, look at it in terms of them solving problems, their movement skills and stuff like that. And this year, more than any other year, the guests that he brings on, they're going to be talking about current NFL players, current rookies, or past NFL players that set the bar in terms of solving problems and and using their uh, movement skills and an array of other things in terms of how they solve problems on the football field that goes hand in hand with Matt's player problem, uh, player problem solver paradigm that he talks so much about. So please make sure you check out the summer seminar series. Uh, it's a great time on the calendar, you know, you know, the late part of July and the early part of August before really things start kicking into high gear to listen to some different type of podcast. And that's what this summer summer seminar series does every single year. Uh, if you've never checked it out, I highly recommend you checking out uh, because I do think you're going to find it very interesting and unique and it's going to make you change your own process a little bit 
to try to be better at evaluating prospects as well and try to you know incorporate even new things into what you already do as well so on behalf of our sound tech engineer david nakano and myself thank you for joining us and we look forward next time taking you from saturday to sunday